So we're going to start a series called Dangerous Prayers. And last week, we began the year by talking about uh, God doing a new thing in all of us and having the opportunity to start a new year and how the new year provides for us like a sort of line in the sand, uh, a time where we could just say, you know what, from now on. We could actually do that every Monday. We could do that every day. Uh, we could do that every morning. But we choose to do that at the beginning of every year. And I, and I love those moments where we could say, you know what, whether it was good or bad, I want to go ahead and stop and say thank you, God, for this year that we just had but let's move ahead. And I said, in order to look into the new year, I want you guys to look on the inside of you. And I said, hey, if we are going to experience all that God has for us this year, it's going to require some things from us. And I said last, last uh, week that the first thing that uh, it was going to require from us was perseverance, because not everything that will happen in this new year is going to be easy. And not everything is going to come to you in a silver platter. And you're going to have to work, and there's going to be some difficult moments along the way, but you have to persevere. And the second thing that I said, if you were going to be able to walk in everything that God had for you this year, not just as a church, but in your personal life, you, the, one of the things that was going to get in your way was lack of prayer. And we talked about how important prayer is and how a powerless Christian is a, uh, a powerless, uh, prayerless Christian is a powerless one. And if you're not praying, you're missing out on the foundation. One of the foundations of your faith is being able to commune and communicate to God. And we talked about how important that was. And we asked the question, why is that the last thing we do now? Like, we'll get advice from everybody else. We'll get counsel from everybody else. We'll read whatever book we got to read, listen to whatever podcast we got to read or listen to, listen to whatever music we need to listen to. But the last thing we do is we use prayer as a last result. And, the, and my question was, why? Why do we leave the most important thing to the end when we should initiate all things with prayer? God, should I? God, shouldn't I? And we shouldn't make these big moves without consulting God. And then the last thing I said was a lack of faith. I was going to get in your way. Lack of trust. Uh, a lack of living as though God can be trusted, as though he is on your side, as though uh, he's on your team. And so today, I want to start this series and I want to help empower you with three prayers from, from Scripture. Uh, the first one is found in the book of Psalms uh, 139. Uh, and these are not safe or easy prayers. They're not gentle prayers. Uh, they're not expected prayers. They're not the prayers that we do when we go for a trip in a car and we ask God for what? Traveling mercies or safety, keep us safe. Or it's not the prayers that we do when we eat dinner and we say, God, thank you for this food. Uh, or before we go to bed and say, God, we thank you for this day. Um, these are much more profound prayers, much more uh, deep prayers, and they are dangerous in a, in a good way. Uh, but like I said, we say things like, God, be with me, uh, protect us, bless me, keep me safe. But, but this week and for the next two weeks, we're going to look at three different prayers. Today, we're going to look at search me. We're going to pray God and we're going to say, search me, God. Next week, we're going to pray uh, and we're going to learn about God, break me. And that is, that's going to be a tough one. And then lastly, in the last week, we're going to say, God, send it me. So it's God, search me, break me, and send me. And if you've never prayed those prayers, uh, then, then my, my fear for you or my, um, 
you know, what, what I feel for you is that you have not walked into or stepped into uh, a, an awesome part of your devotion or your dedication to God. Because when you're able to tell God, search me, when you're able to tell him, hey, do what you got to do in me to break me and make me who you want me to be. And then ultimately, you have the um, strength, the courage to say, God, send me. Wherever you, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to send me, send me. Those are big prayers. So today we're going to talk about search me and we're going to look into that prayer real quick. And let me give you some background of Psalms 139. If you have your Bibles, you can turn them on or look there. Uh, if not, it'll be on the screen or you can open your Bible if you, if you have a Bible here in front of you. Um, so Psalms 139 celebrates the omnipresence of God. There's perhaps no other place in Scripture where the bigness of God is, is just set forth in that way. It is called the crown of the Psalms, um, uh, and the subscription addresses, like, it says that the Psalms were written by David, and it was, it was to be used as worship. It was probably set to music, and it was supposed to be used in everyday worship. So I'm going to read it to you. I don't know if you've ever read Psalms 139, so it's kind of lengthy, but if you would follow along, and then we'll focus on our verses towards the end. But if you would, just humor me as we read this portion of scripture together. And it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or when I stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know everything I do. Oh, what a thought there, huh? You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too powerful. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit, can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Stop right there. What a thought. Wherever I go, God, you are there. Even when I'm trying to hide from you, even when I'm trying to get away from you, even when I don't pray so you don't know what I... Anyway, verse 11. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully and complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Verse 15. You watch me as I begin uh, forming utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark room. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day happened. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked, get them out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you, your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Should I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. In verse 23, and this is where we're going to focus on today, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive weight in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me and know my heart. Search me and know my heart. You know what? What you're doing when you pray this prayer is you're saying, okay, God, I know that I have the ability, and, and as we all do, we hide the parts of us 
that we don't want other people to see. We present our, our, best, our best version of ourselves. We send our, our representative to talk to the people at work and sometimes to the people at church. And only the few people in the inner circle ever really get to know who you really are when you're not smiling, right? You, when, when you're upset and frustrated and when, you have, when you're experiencing some kind of anxiety, uh, only the people that are really close to you get to see that. And one of the things that you're doing when you do this prayer is you're saying, okay, God, you're omniscient, you're omniscient, you know everything, you're all-knowing, but search my heart and show me. Because we have the propensity sometimes to bury things so deep down that, that we sometimes don't know some, some, very, uh, some very practical or very common things about ourselves because we've pressed them down so far. Uh, Jeremiah 17.9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it really is. The bottom line, I'll give you an example. We are all liars. And sometimes we forget how much we lie. And the most common lies we tell are usually to ourselves. And we deceive ourselves. We say things like, man, I don't eat that much. Or we say things like, man, I'm not materialistic, right? I'm not proud. I don't have an anger problem. You know, I don't gossip much. I'm not critical of them idiots, right? I don't lust. I just appreciate God's creation. That's all it is, huh? So the question is that we need to ask ourselves, and the thing that we're asking God is when, he, when we ask him to search our heart, is it, are we fake? Are we, is there a big difference from what you project to who you really are? Is there a big difference? Is there a gap between the person you're projecting to the world and the person that you really are in your heart? Or have you been monitoring your behavior or are you monitoring what's happening in your heart? And this prayer allows you to begin the process of monitoring what is really happening inside because we've all experienced this. We know what to say, when to say it, and what not to say, when not to say. We learned this at a very early age when we were in, in, in grade school. We learned that if we cuss in front of teachers, we'd probably get in trouble. Or if we use profanity for, in front of our parents, depending on your parent, you either get popped in the mouth Maybe you got, anybody got soap in the mouth? Yeah, no, no. Who just got smacked in the mouth? Smacked in the mouth. That's common for us. Don't say that. And then in your mind, you say another cuss word because you got hit in your mouth, right? But sometimes there's a big difference between monitoring what's, monitoring what's happening in your heart and, what, and, and in your behavior. And, and then something like this happens. You're, you're, you're with a group of friends that maybe don't know you very well and you say something. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. All right. Well, it was in your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes you have no control and what's inside will eventually catch up with you. And that's why we should let God search our heart. Because the more we're aware of what's happening in our heart, the more we'll be able to say, God, have those parts of me that are difficult to give to you. Have those parts of me that I don't want to show anybody. And that, it's also what Emily said this morning, grace, the ability to stand before God and just be completely accepted for who you are. That's awesome. God, God, listen, it doesn't, it, it does, God is not surprised by what he finds in your heart. But sometimes we are. Sometimes we have to look closely and allow God to say, okay, bud, well, guess what? You are a little lustful. And you are pretty prideful, right? And you are, uh, you get overly anxious and you have an anger problem. And we need to 
handle that. But when there's a big gap between who you really are and who you're pretending to be, there's going to be a big disconnect. And what we're asking God to do is search my heart. That's the first thing, right? Search my heart. The second part of this prayer is you're asking God to reveal your fears, to reveal your fears. This is search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What makes you anxious? What are you afraid of? I'm not talking about spiders and bugs. That's most of us in the house. I'm just curious. Any spider people afraid of spiders? Uh, cockroaches? Don't lie. You see a flying cockroach right now, most of you would be out the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have to specify, right? Regular cockroaches and then flying cockroaches. I think most, 95% of us here would run. So again, I'm not talking about snakes and spiders and such. Uh, but, you know, the legitimate fear is like, hey, I, I, might, I might never get married. You know, I, that person might never come. Or, you know, uh, I'm afraid of rejection. I don't like being rejected. I'm afraid that I'll never be as successful as my parents told me I was going to be. Or maybe I'll never make it like I thought I was going to make it. Or never, I might not have enough, all the money I thought I was going to have when I first started. Or maybe the business is not going to do as well as I thought it was going to do. Or maybe, what are you afraid of? Or maybe it's your children growing up to be somebody you didn't expect them to become. And that's a legitimate fear, right? When you raise your kids in such a way and they turn out to be, I'm not going to say that word. <laughs> Something you didn't raise them to be, right? But that's a legitimate fear. At least it is for me. You know, you, teach, you train a child in the way they should go, and then your hope is that, that, that the Scripture will hold on to them, and then God and the fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom, and that somehow, some way, God gets glory out of them. But there is, for me at least, a legitimate fear that I have no control over how my kids are going to turn out, or very little control, right? What are you afraid of? That you'll never be able to have kids? What are you afraid of? Are you uh, be afraid of being found out for who you really are, being seen completely? Uh, are you afraid of somebody being able to see what really happens uh, behind closed doors? That's a legitimate fear of loss. And what we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. What we fear most reveals to us where we trust God the least. And so if my biggest fear is that I am not, my kids are not going to be successful then I'm just not trusting God in that area because the opposite of faith is fear, right? Are you afraid to lose your marriage and you're not trusting God in your marriage? Are you afraid that something again is going to happen to your child and you're not trusting God with providence and, 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 and covering over your child, not having enough, and you're not trusting God as your provider? Do you see where I'm going? It's a big deal. The things you are afraid reveal where are the areas that you don't trust God in. And any area that you don't acknowledge is an area that God can't begin to work in. So the first thing, you, one of the first things you want to do is just acknowledge, I am afraid. I'm afraid, afraid of not being successful. I'm afraid of trying because what if I fail? I'm afraid of what other people think of me at the end of the day, man. The things that I wear, the, things, the, clothes, that, the clothes that I buy, the houses that I have, the car that I have is just for everybody else because I want to be accepted. So the question is, again, what are you afraid of? And the prayer that we're praying is, search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. If you're, if you're afraid of, of, of letting people down or being inadequate, we need to love pleasing God more than we love or are afraid of failing. 
There's no fear in love, for perfect love casts out all fear. And, and as we talk about prayer, one of the things that I forgot to mention how important this is, 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 is just the fact that the Bible teaches us that we should pray, that we're expected to pray, to pray. And the Bible says that when you pray, go into your closet and dot, 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 dot. Jesus all the time modeled this. He would do some kind of miracle. He would, he would be out and about ministering, and he would go be, and cre- he created that space. Jesus, being uh, God on earth, created the space for prayer and the time for prayer. If, if, if he needed it, we need it just as much or even more, right? And whatever area in your life you are not praying about, it's an area of your life where you're telling God, I got this. So if you're not praying about your finances, then you're saying, God, I got this. If you're not praying about your marriage, you're saying, well, God, I don't need to pray because I, I got it. And one of the things that prayer does is it takes you out of the throne of that specific area and it allows God to be there. And whatever you, and we've talked about the principle of putting God first. Whatever area you put God first in is the area you allow him to, to have his way in. And so we should put God first in these areas. So search my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. What do we fear? The third thing that we're doing through this prayer is we're asking God to uncover my sins. Uncover my sins. See if there is any offensive way in me. Now this can be kind of scary. When you ask God to uncover my sins. And this is what I've learned. Anything that you're doing that you don't want anybody to find out, it's something that you should probably talk to God about. And, it's, and, and so we pray to God, right? When, when, when we pray to God and when we talk to God and actually uh, it's been done on the cross for us, we are forgiven. God has given us grace. Forgive, forgiveness is done. It's a period. God said it is, it is finished. You are forgiven by God. So we go to God for forgiveness. We receive his forgiveness. But we go to people for healing. Like we confess our sins to one another that healing would begin is what scripture teaches us. So when we go to God, we say thank you for your forgiveness. But we want, when we want healing from the things that are ailing us and from the sin that's so easily uh, knocking us out, we need to go to people. Scripture teaches as you confess your sins to one another, healing begins. Any sin that you uh, do not tell somebody about is a sin that you're going to continue to do. Any sin that you keep secret is something that you're going to continue to do. And, and, and that's, the, that's the biggest lie of the enemy, right? All the time it's like, man, don't tell nobody about that. It ain't hurting nobody. That's just between you and you. you don't, nobody needs to know about that mess, right? To keep you bound. But one of the things I've learned very, listen, and I, I try not to disclose myself too much. I, one of the things I do, and, and he's, he's going to start charging me for this, is every morning, every morning Quincy and I meet in my office. It's just become a thing. We didn't plan it. Same morning he gets to work. He stops in my office. We talk for about 30, sometimes 40 minutes. It's great. And I take those times, and he is my counselor. <laughs> and we laugh. You know, we laugh through it, but, but I just get it out. Whatever it is, I get it out. I felt this way. I said it. I did this. I'll say it. And he's very gracious with me, and he'll, and he'll reciprocate, and I'll reciprocate. And it's just a time where I just don't want to keep anything hidden because anything that I keep hitting, hidden that I keep covered is just an area of my life where I'm saying, well, God, I just don't want you involved. I don't want to let the light in. And so whatever area you feel is holding you, uh, keep trying to keep you from moving forward, is an area where you need to, hey, tell somebody. So you're asking God to uncover 
to, to help you uncover your sins. So sometimes it's hard to see. So what are others trying to tell me? That's something you need to ask. What are other people trying to tell me? Like more than two or three people, they've been telling you this, you've been hearing this about yourself. Maybe that's something you should pray about. What have I rationalized for some time? What have I rationalized for some time? What, what, the brain has a phenomenal way of finding excuses for you, right? It has, it has a, you know, a way, excuse me, of, of just making you feel secure and making you feel okay and making you feel like, and just comforting you. Ah, it's not that bad, man. Look at everybody else. But we're not comparing ourselves to everybody else. We're comparing ourselves to the creator of all things. We're looking at scripture as our guide. That's what we're comparing ourselves to. Other question to ask is, where am I most defensive? What areas in my life I'm on? When somebody brings up that subject, when somebody talks about my anger, I push back. When somebody talks about my sexuality, I push back. When somebody talks about how I spend my money, I push back. When somebody talks about that, that my marriage, I push back. What areas are you most defensive about? That might be an area that God will maybe trying to uncover your sin. Now, I'll say this. I'm all for owning like, if I feel guilt about a sin, I'll own guilt. Because guilt, guilt is for a moment. I'll feel the guilt. I did something wrong. I'll feel the guilt. What I won't ever accept, and I will encourage you to never accept, is shame. Guilt and shame are two different things. You're guilt, you feel guilty because you did something wrong. But then shame tells you that, that you're a mistake. And, 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 and so that, those are two different things, guilt and shame. Feel the guilt. And, Feel the pain of your mistake, but never accept shame. Because shame will tell you, shame will tell you that you are that you are a mistake, and, and, and that just is just not true. And we're always going to deal on this side of eternity with just some some sin. Because we live in a fallen world where bad things happen to good people and good people do naughty things. Right? And so, with that said, never accept shame. So would you pray, search me, God? Would you pray, reveal my fears? Will you, would you pray, uncover my sins? And then the last part of this prayer is lead me. And it says, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me. Well, well how, how is the Lord supposed to lead me? There's a couple of ways that God uses. One of the ways is by decree. So God sovereignly decrees something, and it's a wrap. It's a done deal. Have you ever found yourself in a, in a good place in life, and you wonder how you got there? Okay? And this is just God set it up in that way. That's how he wanted it to be. So you are here, and you are listening today. Uh, sometimes outside of your own doing, you are here listening to me today. Right? Because God set it up in some way, the events of life, where now this person met that person. You got invited. Here you are. God decreed it was going to be this way, and here you are. Right? For example, in, in Scripture, Paul uh, and Silas one time were in jail. And they didn't want to be in jail. Paul wasn't trying to be in jail, neither was Silas. But through God's decree, and because God ordained it that way, or through God's sovereignty, uh, the, 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 some people, uh, uh, the, the person, the jailkeeper's family got saved because of that situation. Sometimes we find ourselves in places where we don't know why. It's just because God has decreed it. And God does this often to us does this often, putting us in places that we did not plan or decide to be. The next way that God leads is through direction. This is simply what God does for us by giving us commands 
through Scripture. Like, hey, he's giving a direction. Love as I have loved you. Love your neighbor. That's pretty simple. So when anything happens, what does love require of me? That's God's direction. That's how he leads us. And you're saying, God, lead me. Show me, show me the way everlasting. Show me your way. And so he'll say, okay, my way is for you to love unconditionally. For, for you is to love how, as I have loved you, go and love other people. So we receive his direction. So sometimes it's just a decree. God is just going to do it this way because that's what he said. And then sometimes it's direction. Sometimes he leads by discernment. By discernment. Most, most of the decisions we make are not spelled out specifically in the Bible. Discernment, discernment is how we follow God's leading through the process of being sensitive to his spirit and to what scripture is teaching us. Have you ever had that feeling about that person that you knew wasn't right and you just you felt it in here? You'd be like, mm, I don't know if I should invest my money in that venture. Right? And you got that leading like, nah. And not because you were cheap, but just, you know, because you like, that ah, might be too good to be true, right? Or maybe you said, you know, maybe I, maybe I should invest, or maybe I should be this person's friend, or maybe I should try this. Well, we've experienced that. Or sometimes we find uh, somebody that we have a lot in common with, or we don't, and we just, we have discernment over what we should do, what we should buy, when we should sell, what we should do. And Romans 12, 2 describes it this way. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, his good, his perfect and acceptable will. So we are led by discernment. And the, and the only way you can be led by discernment, you got to be sensitive. You got to create that space of prayer where you say, God, search me and know me and allow me to be in tune with what you want to say to me. And sometimes... Listen, for the majority of us, and I'm going to be as practical as I can be, for, for many of us, we just simply do not create the space for God. We want him to be our Lord and our Savior, and we're cool with that. If all that it requires of me is church attendance, and maybe once or twice put a few dollars in the, in the little machine over there or volunteer a little bit, I'm cool. But when you start messing with my time... If you start messing with my Netflix time and then my, my phone time and you start messing with my sleep time, some of y'all don't mess with your sleep time. Well, and and, so, and we, the things that we do is we, the brain, man, but, but you deserve it because you work so hard and you've done so much and you've got 17 kids, of course you're going to be tired. And sometimes they just feel like 17 when it's just one of them, but Right? And so you deserve that, though, because you've worked so hard. But no, wait a minute. If, if, if God, the pursuit of God, the pursuit of truth, the pursuit of, of you being in touch with the Holy Spirit is important to you, important enough for you to wake up on a Sunday and come on your day off, then it should be important to you every other day and in every decision that you make, and you should create the space for it. And the reason we don't create the space for it is because we don't think it's important until something happens, right? And then we're like, oh, God. And then say, oh, Jesus. And then we say, Lord, help. Right? And that's fine. I pray those prayers. I get that. But you could have done something before. You could have been praying prayers like, see if there is any offensive way in me, God, and lead me in the way everlasting. The final way that God leads is through a declaration. This is like the least common way is when God just you kind of hear God say something. In the Bible, it would happen all the time. God would hear, you know, his people would hear 
some specific and direct, and they would go out and do it. That doesn't happen to me much. But I'm, learned through, I'm led through discernment. I'm, learned, I'm led through his word. I'm led by his decree. Just God have your way. So the prayer is, search me in verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I'm going to read it one more time. What a powerful prayer. My challenge for you is to pray that all this week, one time. Every single day this week, once, pray this prayer. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything offense, if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, I know sometimes it's very hard if you're going from not praying to starting to pray. I know it. I know that battle. If it's been a while since you've gotten on your knees or you found a quiet time or, or created the room or the space for you to be able, I know how hard it is to be able to go, to go from a go, 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 go life to a be still and know that I am God. And you're like, be still, for real? Like, like stuff is vibrating and things are binging and, and I got to an answer and, and I got to work. I understand the challenge. But if you're in this season, if you're going to walk in all that God has for you, you have to, church, we have to create the space. We have to create the space for prayer. We have to create the space for God. We have to say, God, you are more important than whatever it is. And so whatever it is that you're doing that is keeping you, what you're saying is, God, this is more important. And there's no two ways. Around. And I'm not saying don't watch TV. And I'm not saying don't spend time with your family. And I'm not saying that. But if you are complaining of a lack of spiritual life, right? If you're not complaining, your life is fine. This is not for you. But if you are saying it is what I'm experiencing, it's not enough, then you need to pray. If what you're saying is what I'm living with right now with God is just not satisfying, then you need to pray. Then you need to put yourself in a place where you're listening. If you're saying, God, uh, I feel dry. I feel like I'm in one of those seasons. Well, 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 you need to stop and say and put yourself in a position to hear God's voice. So we're saying, God, uncover my sin. Search my heart. Reveal my fears, uncover my sin, and lead me in the way that I should go. If you've never prayed that prayer, you need to start today. Because what it's going to do is it's going to open things in you. You're gonna, you thought everything was cool, and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, wait a minute. I got to do some internal work. And do you know that the internal work is the hardest work to do? Everybody wants to do the external work. That's easy. You go, you shave your head. Well, for me, I shave my head. Travis got me these little apparatus where I could just trim my beards like a stencil. You just, easy now, right? Where was this all my life, right? You know, doing, doing that stuff is easy. Taking care of my, buy a new pair of jeans, go to Ross, get me a new shirt. You know, taking care of the outside is easy, clipping my nails. But the internal work is difficult. When somebody tells you that you're prideful, how do you fix that? What you going to wear with that for that? How do you... You can't just wear something on pride. It's ugly. You know what? No matter what you're wearing, you're going to see pride. If you're lustful, you can't, there's nothing you can put on. And there's not enough clothes you can put on somebody else. You're just going to be lustful. Don't blame it on a woman or the man. Just you lustful, right? It's probably all the input, all the, all the things that are coming in is just oversaturating your life. And all you can think about is, oh, just love sex, right? 
If you're overly concerned about money, there's, listen, it's an appetite. There's never going to be enough money to satisfy that appetite because appetites are never fully and finally satisfied. The more you feed it, the bigger it gets. So once you get that house, you're just going to want a bigger house. And once you get to 100 grand, you're going to want 110 grand, 120 grand, right? And once you, you're just always going to want more. Quincy, you can start this. So what I want to pray for you this morning is that you will create the space, that you will create the moment. I can't do that for you. I can preach about it. I can talk about it. I can tell you about it. I can show you where it says it in the Bible. But until you go home and not just be a hearer of the word, but start becoming a person that does what, what you learn, we'll be in the same place, fam. So my hope and my prayer for you is that you would act today. Let's stand and I'll pray for you. trying to follow Jesus and you've been following for a while and you've decided, man, I've done enough following. I want to be his disciple. I want to live for him. Well, today's the day for that. If you've been hearing truth and truth and truth and something in you is stirring and you're saying, I want to live for that Jesus and how he is preaching about, then today's the day for that. And maybe something in your heart right now is just convincing you of the fact that he's real and that I mean, you, have not, you don't have all the things answered that you need to perhaps, but something in you is just like, yeah, yeah. I know that what he said today is true, and I know that's what I have to do, and so today is the day. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test my motives. Reveal my anxious thoughts. Show me anything in me that offends you. I want to see what you see, God. I want to see what you see in me so that I can become more like you. Search me. Search me. Search me. Show me my anxious heart. Father, as we... Uh, you. Uh, first of all, thank you for your grace and the place to be able to do this for you. Move. Do what you have to do in the life of all those here today. And Father, may when we go home, 
May you continue to stir something within us to be able to create the room for you. Thank you for being the perfecter of our faith. Thank you that it is from you, through you, and back to you. It all begins with you, and it all ends with you. Help us to yield our life in such a way that we can be led by you. Help us to hear your voice, and not our thoughts, and not our intellect, and not our worry or our fear. May we hear you. That is my prayer. For all of us here today, grant that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise this morning. You guys may be seated. Thank you, thank you. Amen. Man, I just want to go lay down. That's all I want to do. I want to go lay down. Y'all pray for my wife. She's been handling three kids since Friday because uh, been, I've been out of commission. So if you see her, give her a hug. She'll be like, I feel for you. Or if you want to take one of our kids for a couple of days, you could do that as well. No, we're not going to let you do that. But we love you. Thank you so much. Our giving station is here to my left, your right. Don't forget, if you're here for the first time, Joanne and Travis and I, we want to meet with you back there. We love you. We'll see you next week for part two of Dangerous Prayers. God bless you. We'll see you. Peace.